Hi, everybody. I'm Carol, if you don't know me, but hi, I'm so happy to be here tonight. Um, several of you came in later, and we wanted to give you a, one last opportunity to guess how many M&Ms are in this jar. If you want to make a guess, raise your hand. Mary Grace will bring around a card, put your name on it, and put your guess. And very soon in our talk tonight, the answer will become known to you. And Mary Grace will let us know at the end who, who guessed the closest or on the nose without going over. So I'll show it around. It doesn't have the number of ounces or cups. All right, I'm going to sit it down here until I'm ready. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It's so good to see your faces. I know that whether it was a great day, a tough day, a long day, a tiring day, with kids, without kids, work or not work, it's still a sacrifice of your time to be here tonight. But the joy that we're going to share as we talk about joy, I hope will make it worth that time tonight. I know that just by seeing your faces tonight, you've brought me great joy so far. So a couple of weeks ago, Mary Grace had asked me about speaking tonight, and we discussed the topics. And she gave me two choices. And I think the Lord knew what he was doing when he had me choose joy. Because I think that's overall an arching theme in my life because of the Lord, and so I'm so privileged to stand here today. And I pray that the words that I say are the words that Jesus wants you to hear. And if I say anything amiss, that you forget it before you walk through the door, <laughs> because I want Christ to shine tonight, everyone. Oh, if I don't knock this to the feet, my feet. Um, so when we talk about joy, I'm going to bet that each of you suddenly have an idea or a thought as to what joy means in your life. What has brought you joy? Was it a person, a situation, um, something that you looked forward to for some time? And then think about the moments in your life where joy was really the last thing you were feeling. So I'm going to encourage you tonight to think about those two things. What really was it that brought you the joy in the moments of joy? And what were you lacking in your heart and your spirit when joy was the last thing you were feeling? So in prepare, well, let me tell you two things. I do have my Bible, but I'm of a certain age that even with glasses, the font is not large enough in the large print Bible all the time. So I will be reading God's Word in my notes, <laughs> just not in the book I have in front of me. Um, so as I was preparing for tonight, um, God graciously led me on a journey um, to explore the topic of joy. So tonight I'm going to be drawing on several sources. One, of course, is God's Word, our scriptures that he has so graciously given to us. Um, also, the Desiring God website, I don't know if any of you have read it or accessed it, but 
it is a true joy to myself. And many times it's, it's amazing how the Lord works when I get an email that pops up and that's exactly what I needed to, to read about, um, what, where I needed to reflect and to point my heart again. I'm also reading a book entitled Enough About Me, Finding Lasting Joy in the Age of Self by Jan Oshman. It's really helped me to consider what the world tells me and really what the Bible and what our Lord tells us about finding real joy. And last but not least, I did some Googling. And that's what's going to play a role in our MMs tonight. But you got to give it to Google. So tonight I want you to be challenged um, and encouraged. It'll be clear, I promise you. Um, God is graciously... Oh, wait, I've already said that. Now see, I'm reading my notes and I got off. Um, I want to challenge and encourage you tonight by what God has to say to you tonight about joy. So the world tells us, don't worry, be happy. Be your best self. Be true to you. Seek your inner self. Find peace in the world. Find the next best self-help book, because there's always the next one on the market. And it's number one. The newest spiritual enlightenments of thought, However, none of these will take us to the true source, the true source that we're going to find joy everlasting. These sources also seek to place us on a pedestal, our needs, what we want, instead of putting God rightly where he belongs for our worship every day. So it's a joy as a Christian to refocus what the world has taught us growing up. I mean, I know a lot of it was so common growing up in the world, but yet God calls us to be otherworldly because we are not citizens of this place. We're just passing through. And there's a joy in knowing that, but it also takes some reframing of our thoughts and our minds. Um, so we're never going to be self-directed. We're never going to be self-governing, self-focused self-empowered, the ability to remove the need for God. It's what the world calls us to, but it's exactly what we need. We need God, and we need to live by his standards to find joy. So here are some of the questions I considered. Where do we find joy? When do we find joy? So in seeking these answers, of course, my primary resource was our Bible, um, went to God's Word, and where I heard joy resonate most with me was when I read the book of Philippians. So I'm going to say over the last several weeks, I've probably read through Philippians ten times. It's a short book. It's four chapters. But it speaks to joy in dire circumstances over and over again, and it continues to point us to our true source, where we're going to find the joy we need. We do this, and when we read through this, we see Paul's imprisoned. So I don't know about you, but my perspective of prison is not a place that I would immediately equate with joy. I don't know. Maybe you have a different perspective on that. I see it as pretty dire. You know, um, it's not going to have air conditioning and heating, and I'm pretty sassy, and I kind of want both of those. It's not going to have the food that I like. It's not going to have the people I want. I don't think there's going to be pest control taking care of the little critters. And yet in the midst of all of this, 
Paul consistently, consistently speaks of joy. So how is this? So we look at where Paul and the words that he uses in this book, which is four chapters, it's 104 verses, and at least 12 times, Google tells me different ones, I've done some counting, but at least 12 times he uses words that represent joy in 104 verses. It's pretty important as you read through that. So in our lives, we experience different um, difficulties, heartbreak. We don't walk this life unmarred because of the broken world we live in. But I want us to consider a couple of words that the world uses interchangeably. Um, Happiness and joy. So I think if we're going to sit and compare and contrast those, I have to get images, and that's part of why I'm going to have images for y'all tonight. But I'm thinking of happiness as a balloon. Part of this is my husband is very joyous when he is able to pop the balloons. When I have a great idea, Reagan, I was thinking, and he'll pop. But that. So I'm going to put that with happiness. And then joy I've equated with a rock. Not just a rock, but a boulder, a mountain. Something that's going to be there. Something that's solid, immovable. This is our joy compared to the balloon of the happiness. So we think about happiness as often fleeting. It's an emotion we feel. You know, it's a good emotion. The Lord gives us with his grace happiness. But we need to keep happiness in its place. Things that we want to feel, wish we had, those are things that give us happiness. But our joy is a state of being because of our connection to the Lord. Happiness is often an external thing on us, whereas joy is internal because of the state that we're in because of who we're connected to. Happiness is often dependent on those circumstances. You can be feeling just fine and all of a sudden you get a phone call and it changes it all, right? So happiness is very much fleeting, temporary. Happiness is often was ha- having, wait, we feel happy when we have what we want versus we feel joy when we want what we have because of the contentment that comes through Christ. Happiness is often an effect, joy a cause. Inconsistency with happiness, consistency with joy. Happiness temporary, joy eternal. So here we go. We have the two jars. Again, this is Google, guys. But happy or happiness is used in the English Standard Version of the Bible. Some, resor- some sources said 10 times, some say 30, so I'm going to give it 30. Joy, joyful, rejoice in the English Standard Bible is about 430 times. Ding, 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 ding. 430. So when you just compare those two, and think about often the Lord uses a repetition of a word to really get his point across to us in the Bible. Is happiness what he wants us to seek? Or is he wanting us to seek joy? So, here we go. So, Mary Grace, you get your answer? Okay, good deal. All right. All right, you can get it. How many did you guess? That is super close, Gil. Awesome. You're a good estimator. (laughs) 
but, but you know, as I was preparing, that really, the numbers are what caused me to stop for a minute and really think about that, comparing happiness and joy. So the old trainer in me wanted to make it a more <laughs> visual way for, for you to take this away and remember that tonight. So where do we find joy? Joy comes from a place of knowing whose we are because of our relationship to Christ. If you're sitting in this room with us tonight and you are not connected to Christ, the source of all joy, please talk to someone. Reach out to one of us tonight before you leave. So we, we want to talk with you and pray with you. Because it's only through that deep abiding love and relationship with Christ that you're going to find deep and everlasting joy. So why did Paul express such joy in Philippians? Who brought Paul joy? Why did he possibly experience joy in the situation? Well, his primary source was joy in Jesus. Philippians 3.1 opens with, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And then Paul says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Catch the repetition again. And it's not a you might consider. It is more of a command, a direction. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord because he is good. Paul rejoices and he wants us to rejoice in the Lord who is the Son of God, who lived a life that we could not live, who died on the cross to cover the debt of sin that we could never pay, and who today lives as the resurrected Savior. Paul describes our Lord as the source of our joy in Philippians 2, 5-11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is our source. This is Jesus. This is what he's done for us to bring us that everlasting joy. My hope is that you know him. And if you don't, please get it. When Jesus is our source of joy, we can experience real lasting, eternal joy. He is more than anything this world could ever offer us. Paul knows this truth so deeply that everything else, everything else is a loss to him. Paul was a Roman citizen. He was well-educated. He held stature and position. He was a, a Pharisee among Pharisees. Paul was the man who had it all, or he thought he did, <laughs> until he met Jesus on that road to Damascus. And his life changed forever. But in that friendship and relationship he had with Christ, there's nothing more important Paul wants us to see than Jesus as the treasure that he is and to know and experience the joy that comes with that relationship. Paul also finds joy 
because of Jesus in the church. So each of you are a reason for joy. So not only does Paul rejoice in the Lord, but he also finds deep joy in God's people, the church. We read this in Philippians 1, 3-5. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then in Philippians 2, 1 through 2, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul's prayers, his heart, his words are full of love, gratitude, and longing for these believers in his life. What a sweet gift we have in one another. We can walk through our lives with people who love us and care about us, who really do want to know when we're not feeling good or having a hard time. One of my favorite things that we say here a lot is, it's okay to not be okay and step through these doors because here you're going to find a place of people that do care and will walk you through that not being okay because it's a season that will be there. We have a great opportunity to come together as a church to further the kingdom. We are discipled. We're held accountable. We are loved. We are helped. We suffer alongside one another. And we live out the gospel together. Time after time. I'm looking out here and I see so many women that have spoken the gospel back to me at moments in my life. And it means the world to me. And the times that I have the opportunity to speak the gospel back into their life is also a joy for me. Because what is, what is more joyous in this life than to know the gospel and to be able to live it out together? And what joy it is when we see that the Lord has worked in the life of someone that we love and the Spirit opens up their eyes to see the Lord for the first time. Beautiful thing. Paul also has joy in Jesus with an eternal perspective. Okay, so I don't know about y'all, but when I'm worried, my head is usually down. Kind of analytical, so I've got a piece of paper. Here are the pros, here are the cons. Well, if I do this, or if I do that. But as I think about that, oh my goodness, where have I put the Lord in that? So I've challenged myself when I catch myself, to look up and in that moment to breathe in who Christ is and take that to the Lord. It's such a freeing, lifting moment when we just stop and breathe in God's love for us that can help us. The challenge is still going to be there. He tells us we're going to suffer, we're going to have difficult times. You know, if those things aren't going away, but he is there, he promises to always be with us. That's a beauty that is just it's precious to know. We trust in our steadfast Lord who has already delivered us from our sins. He has paid our fines for our load of sins. We live in this world in brokenness. And we look to the promise of an eternal life with Christ. We rejoice because of the good news of what Christ has done already for us. But Philippians stresses the future the not yet reality of salvation on that day of Christ. 
the Philippians 1, 9-11 and 18-19 tell us, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be so pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul speaks of joy and hope in everything he writes. Joy and salvation combine in these words that Paul shared with us. He shows us how he rests in the knowledge that our Savior will conquer this world and he wants us to rest in him as well. There'll be a day when we'll join him in eternity forever because our Redeemer lives. We can face another day with the joy that this knowledge brings. So take time to reframe your perspective and look up to the Lord. Psalm 34, 8 tells us, So taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Tonight I pray that you rest in his abiding love and joy. When do we find joy? Does Paul really feel contentment in his circumstances? Well, based on his words, and that's what we have, I would say yes, he is content. He's, he's joyous where he is, and he wants us to be as well. So is there joy in the hard? Yes, there's joy in the hard moments. Earlier, when we read through Philippians 4.4, we read Paul directing us to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. He doesn't say in the good times or in when you get what you want. He says rejoice in the Lord at all times. This includes when we're living with hurt and disappointment, betrayal, disease, death, and other sorrows. These are painful times and experiences that we have we're not living in Eden, even though camp is pretty good. We still live in this broken world. Our world has been deeply affected by sin, and the results are these difficult moments and painful trials that we face. But we look to our Lord as an example of how you live and persevere. When you think about Holy Week leading to the crucifixion, and the life that Christ had as he started his ministry. Was that all roses and sunshine? It wasn't, and yet the king was there. Jesus entered the world with a purpose, to live the life that we could never live. And he did it perfectly. He endured all that we, that we do in our own bodies. So he knew pain. He knew loss. He knew betrayal from a friend. He was ridiculed, rejected, he was mocked, and so much more. And yet, he didn't sin on the way to He did all this for us. And when he was at the cross, he said, it's finished. Jesus paid that price to redeem us from an eternity of what we deserve because of our sin 
that he provided the way to right relationship with God, which is only through him. Jesus knows what suffering is. His love and his compassion allows us to look to our Redeemer for the real joy that is to come. This provides us with a model of endurance. We will suffer, but joy is there. Joy will come in the morning. Sometimes it's a few mornings, but it does come. The world we live in is affected by sin, and yet we long for that joyful day when sorrows will be no more. In Philippians, Paul shares many reasons that challenge us to remain joyful in life. Prison, opponents, grumbling, disunity, lack, and yet he calls on us to rejoice as he did. His joy is not based on the circumstances, but on the solid rock of Christ. Jesus, who will never disappoint us, is where we need to be anchored today and tomorrow. We are called to find joyous Christians, whether we are alone or with others, healthy or in pain or any other situation. We are anchored in joy because of Christ Jesus who lives, and we are his. There are times that we experience deep sorrow and longing for a period to then later just see how God was working all along in that situation. So I'm going to share two personal experiences. Um, the first one is, is, is going to kind of exemplify the, the sorrow and the joy because my husband and I, my husband Reagan and I, had been married for 15 years before our daughter entered our life. So, joy was not the word I would use to describe how I handled that time. I often say I acted like a toddler stomping my feet and telling God it wasn't that I deserved the child. But the beauty of it all is God's plan was so much better. So much better. So the years of jealousy and feeling left out, and, and all of that was wiped away when God shared his plan with us. So I know I've lived the, the sorrow, years of it, and yet experienced joy, and more than the joy, the gift of knowing that God had it all along, that I could have let it go many years ago. The lesson I wish I'd learned much sooner. Still struggle with um, the second one is an opportunity for us to talk about sorrow and joy at the same time. Can you think about that in your life? Has there been a, a period in your life when everything around you is sad, and it is sad, but at the same time there's a hope and a joy that's in you that is unworldly? You can't explain it? Well, this is the situation with my mom. A couple of years ago, 2020, my mom, after having some health conditions, her health continued to decline. Um, she had a stroke in May of 2020. And for all of us who remember 2020, that was a really hard year. That was the height of COVID, the height of COVID protocols. So when we sent mom off in the ambulance that morning to the hospital, we didn't see her. We couldn't go in the hospital. All we had is that communication by telephone with doctors and nurses and prayers to the Lord 
Betsy was in his hand. Because the days leading up to this, that actually months leading up to it, Mom had been in pain. And daily she would just cry out, Lord Jesus, I just want to go home. Why haven't you just taken me home? Lord, I am ready. And she was. Um, but then the stroke was really debilitating and Mom couldn't come back home after that. So here we are in COVID and God is so good that a lifelong family friend of ours was part of the ambulance service in Arlington, Texas. And we said, hey, you're going to transfer mom from the hospital to the nursing home? He said, I'm on it. I'll get her. And so he, whether meeting protocol or not, told us where to meet him. And so my mom, my dad, my sister, and I were able to stand there as they were wheeling mom into the nursing home. We got to tell her we loved her again. We got to touch her. Kiss her face. Even with the mask. <laughs> and that was really sad. And she held on for several months. And here we come to September. COVID's still raging. She's been in the nursing home. We've not gone in one time. We couldn't. But we got the call that we think your mom's about to get. And so they decided to let me be the one to go. A lot of joy in that because at least I got to see Mama one more time. So you go in and you get decked out. <laughs> Call it the hazmat suit. And those of you who are nurses or have been around know what it looks like. You're covered in, in pants and you've got your booties on and you've got your wrap on and your gloves on and your thing on your head and your mask. The only part of me that looked like me were my eyes. <laughs> And honestly, I don't know if Mama really was able to know that I was there. But we had a chance to have some sweet moments. I could tell her the things I needed her to know for me and my sister and my dad. So I left that night, because even then, there was a limited time we could be there. I got the call the next morning that Mama had gone home. And you know what the first thing I felt was? Joy. those moments of sorrow and joy and they're both real they're both very real but it's also a beautiful time because we know who to trust we know who is real we know who is steadfast always so the next thing I want you just to think about is take a, a moment get a picture in your mind of a rocky ocean coastline Big boulder right here. Big boulder. Sky is dark and broody. The winds are coming in and they're beating up that boulder in and out, in and out, in and out. For hours, this poor boulder is just withstanding this. Suddenly the wind changes, the sun comes out, the waters are calm. Folks, we're going to have storms in our lives. But if you're rooted in our rock, our Savior, 
We can withstand this. What are they going to do? If we die, <laughs> Jesus would say that. There's not a loss here. There's not a loss here, guys. But there is a sunshine at the end of the day, and it's our rock who stands firm in it all. Put your faith in the Christ. Faith in the rock. Let go of the balloons in our lives. Focus on our joy. So again, my call to you tonight is, if you don't know the joy in the Lord that we're talking about tonight, come talk to one of them. We will talk to you, and we will pray. Take your eyes from yourself and look to the Lord. We pray for God to continue to use our lives for his glory and for our good, even in those hard moments, Lord. May we continue to reach our spiritual maturity and fullness in Christ as we serve one another. Thank y'all for listening to me. Appreciate you very much tonight.